And welcome to Cosmic Voices, a monthly radio show dedicated to conscious conversation. This is Ramona Ray with your co-host, Dulcie Bellboli. Dulcie is a registered psychotherapist, professional astrologer, certified hypnotherapist, and a radical living coach. You can find out more about Dulcie and her offerings on our on her website, astrologybydulcie.com. Hello, everybody. We're Hello, so, Ramona. We're so happy to have you here with us. I just want to mention that support for Cosmic Voices comes from the staff at Main Street Minerals and Beads at 524 Main Street. Main Street Minerals and Beads is your source for beads, rocks, findings, and jewelry in Grand Junction. More information at 241-4116. And Dulcie and I are going to be talking today with our special guest, Teddy Racklin. We'll get up here in just a second. We're going to be talking about thriving and challenging times. Teddy, are you out there? I am. Welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you here with us to talk about challenging, so challenge, <laughs> thriving in challenging times. Um, this is a good conversation right now. Isn't it? Before we get started with you, though, we're going to have Dulce give us the astrological forecast and tell us what to expect for the month of September. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome, Teddy, to Cosmic Voices. We're so glad you're our guest. Thank you. So, folks, the main energy from now until the 22nd, which, of course, is full equinox, uh, is the energy of Virgo. And this is your once um, your annual opportunity, one time in the year, to do your Virgo thing, which is clean out, organize, it's a time for purity, um, a time to clean up your act, your health, your colon, <laughs> you know, your closets. Um, Virgo really asks that we, we use this harvest time uh, wisely. And there's a bit of a mixed bag going on here this month, so bear with me as I go through it. Um, so what's happening with Virgo? Virgo is this opportunity to get into a sort of a wordless state of communication. Plants, animals, crystals, rocks. Virgo is able to communicate in a non-verbal way. And so that's your charge this month, is to, to figure out how you can um, be more in tune with your environment and to be more efficient in your environment. And of course, Virgo has a lot to do as well with wounding and healing because we get hurt on planet Earth. This is another reason we have Teddy with us today because um, we want to be talking about healing. And the modern-day ruler for Virgo is Chiron, the wounded healer. So it's a month for our healing as well. Um, so, of course, we have a lot of stuff going on. Unprecedented uh, global challenges are still at work. We're still in that cosmic environment. There's no squeaking out from it. Um, and, of course, today, September 1st, 2020, we have a Pisces full moon. So there might be a bit of overload going on for folks today. This is a very good time to um, decompress. Prayer is always a wonderful thing. Meditation, great music. I was listening to the music on KFM coming over here. What a great radio sh station. Just get fabulous music here. So here are a couple of things to watch out for, um, and then I have a play-by-play -play on my website, um, Dulcie Bellbully, 
com or um, astrologybydulcie.com, you'll get a day-by-day. But just mark on your calendars the 5th to the 28th. This is when we have little Mercury traveling through Libra. And this is wonderful energy because that gives us an opportunity to make deals, uh, be courteous with one another, and form great partnerships with one another. And then on the 6th, and this is going to take us all the way to the first part of October, we have Venus entering into Leo. Now, right now, Venus is in Cancer, so we may be feeling a little maudlin or or depressed. There may be a sense of holding on. Uh, But when Venus goes into Leo, which she does once a year, um, we become more generous, warm-hearted, more confident, um, so that's those two planets and those two signs are really going to give us some some vital energy. And we're going to need it because on the 9th, good old Mars is going to turn retrograde in Aries. And that's going to take us to the middle of November. So what this actually indicates is that that forward motion, if we want to push forward out into the world, when Mars turns retrograde, that energy turns inward. So we get to think, oh my gosh, because it's an Aries, which is the self, that gives us an opportunity to rethink those plans, to ponder them. Anytime something is retrograde, we want to reconsider. So if you've got big plans about moving forward, if you're about to go on an adventure, or if you've decided not to, Mars retrograde in Aries is going to give you an opportunity to go all right, I better refine this. Maybe I do want to go, or maybe I don't. So it gives you an opportunity to really get in touch with that. But it's not a great time to start new things, folks. Uh, And that is from the 9th of this month, September, to the 13th of November. So sorry about that. Ah, not good. But keep charging up your body, body battery. Keep turning inward and plumping your soul and your spirit up. You've got everything you need. Um, Then we've got a Virgo new moon on the 17th. This is actually a very, very beautiful new moon. So it's a great time um, for getting getting in in shape with your health, for getting your, your house in order. If you do new moon ceremonies, I would really recommend doing one on the 17th. And then, of course, we have on the 22nd, this is when the sun leaves Virgo for Libra, and we have have a balanced day. We've got full equinox, equal light, equal dark. But from here on out through to winter solstice, our days are going to get shorter. And then another energy change on the 27th. So you can see this month of September, there's a lot of energy changing. We've got two good things in our favor but we've also got some things to work around. And on the 27th, now we've got little Mercury entering Scorpio. And then what will happen in October is Mercury is going to retrograde in Scorpio from the middle of October to the first part of November. So now we're looking at October going, hmm, things don't look that chipper because we will have both Mars retrograde and Mercury retrograde. So use this month now to get yourself organized. And use what we did in the last month, which was charging the body battery, charging the energy of the spirit, charging the energy of your confidence. And that's a key word. Teddy gave me that word, confidenza. And so that's what we've got inside of us. And we're going to use that wisely and efficiently.
because what happens on the 27th is Mercury enters Scorpio and we become more secretive. And you know what? I don't have good feelings about Election Day, folks. We've got a bunch of planets retrograde. Oh, golly, gumbo. But anyway, just, you know, be sensible. Um, the month is going to end um, with Saturn turning direct. So those long-term plans are going to start moving forward. So don't let the roller coaster of the cosmos throw you off guard. You just stay centered on the inside, and um, any blocks come up, it's okay. It's just there to strengthen you. Uh, stay flexible um, and root yourself at your core. And so with that in mind... Woohoo! <laughs> Sounds like the perfect day to have Teddy here to talk to her about not just surviving, but thriving and challenging circumstances. And I just want to introduce Teddy. We're so happy to have you here with us. Teddy Racklin is a registered psychotherapist, a certified clinical hypnotherapist, communication facilitator, and life counselor with over 17 years of professional experience and a natural talent for getting straight to the root of an issue and facilitating rapid results. With expertise in many subconscious therapeutic modalities as well as archetypal therapy, I'm sorry, archetypal theory, um, personality assessment, relationship strategies, neurolinguistic programming, and evolutionary psychology, Teddy has helped thousands of clients overcome mental and emotional challenges and live their best lives. I just love watching people's eyes light up when they realize they can stop fumbling around in the dark, but rather can illuminate their own path and live the life of their choice. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Woo Welcome, Teddy. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. Happy to have you here. Teddy, welcome. And I want to test to quite some of those things on that bio I know firsthand. And I can totally second this lady, and this is why we have you here today. <laughs> so we have a good question for you, Teddy. What well, we were wondering... Just one? <laughs> we've got more than one. <laughs> uh, Teddy, we were wondering, as a psychotherapist, what are, you, what are you noticing about your clients during this time? Um, intensification. I would say one of the things that's really standing out to me the most, if I was going to make a, a generalization, is um, people seem to be having a very difficult time distinguishing between unsafe and insecure. Mm -hmm. And people are feeling less secure, but they're responding as if there's a life or death threat happening in their moment right now. So anxiety is going through the roof. Depression is hitting people in ways that maybe it has or has not hit them before, but with, a, with an intensity um, things just feel for a lot of, a lot of uh, clients and friends. And, you know, personally I have my own experiences of what's going on now. It feels like there's, um, such a level of uncertainty that people are having a hard time grounding in all the things that are still familiar and still certain. Does that make sense? Yes, very much. So you're basically saying people, if, if things are just uncertain, they're, they're magnifying that, and they're feeling, oh, my gosh, it's unsafe. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing a, a lot of responses to things as if this is, is catastrophic or absolutely tragic or I don't know how we're going to survive this. 
when most of the things that are being presented are not life or death. They're, they're insecurity-provoking, to be sure, and that's nothing to be, to be balked at. But it's not a matter of launching into fight-flight-freeze. It's a matter of launching into the, your, your PFC, your prefrontal cortex, your thinking mind, um, rather than reactive. How can I respond to this is a good approach when, when we're having that level of, of uncertainty and insecurity. Do you think that people are tapping into the sort of global zeitgeist of fear and pandemic and politics and protests? Uh, from my observation, I would say yes. And uh, I would also make the observation that when I suggest to people that maybe they watch a little bit less of the news or yes. maybe if they spend a little less time on the extraordinarily divisive and argument-provoking uh, Facebook or social media, if I suggest that they do it less, um, there's more of a response than I used to get as if I'm suggesting they stop smoking this week when they weren't ready or stop drinking when they weren't ready, as if there's something addictive about needing to stay in that, that anxious state, getting more of a fix of the, uh, of the things that they're afraid of. Isn't that fascinating? Yes, that people actually want to stay plugged into the very things that are making them feel bad. Mm -hmm. As much as they say they don't want it, I get a lot of kickback when I suggest maybe you keep your social media to a maximum of 30 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you just read the headlines on the actual newspaper instead of watching, you know, having it in the background four or five hours a day where you're getting the audio stimulation and the video stimulation and you know, all of our senses are being blasted by too much information that our nervous systems are not equipped to handle. We're not designed, in the words of the great Christian Northrup, um, mm-hmm. she said, our nervous systems are not designed to handle the problems of the world. Our nervous systems are designed to handle problems the size of our community, which is roughly about 150 individuals. So anything beyond that, if you're not wow. going to actually actively do something about it, you're running it through your nervous system and it's not helping anybody and it's harming you and you're less likely to do the good that you can because you're so overwhelmed wow those are incredible numbers that's a very helpful Mm -hmm. quote that's very insightful and the idea too that i think there's i think there's almost a sense of we have to turn on the news because we have to find out if there's any news anything new that's happened that we're not tuned into yet and yet it is like it might be the same story all day long over and over and over and over about unrest and and um, protest and the uh, pandemic and just all of the things that are happening with without answers for any of it it's the um, it is the ultimate oh my goodness look at what's happening in the streets today and and people dying I just think and to hear that all day long, I can't imagine that that's healthy for us. Well, it creates a feeling of powerlessness because, really, what can you do? Uh, if, there's, if there's an earthquake in the Middle East or if there's a terrible hurricane um, in, in these places where if you're not going to be able to affect it, what good is it doing for you to, to have this? The kickback that I frequently hear is, well, I need to be informed. Mm-hmm. Okay, if that's actually true, Get the information and figure out what, if anything, you can or actually are going to do about it. Because if the answer is nothing except for no, again, that isn't helping anybody, and it's only harming you. So what can you actually do? 
mm-hmm. to affect the positive change that you want to see. Right. And if the answer is nothing, find something more constructive. Find something helpful. Mm-hmm. Find the power button. Powerlessness is, is really creating an incredible level of anxiety and, and depression. We feel anxious. Our nervous systems get all amped up. We see these um, traumatizing images and absolutely fear-provoking sounds and words. And um, to have this going through our bodies and going through our adrenal glands and going through our immune system, and it just causes us to be weaker unless we're doing the empowerment action of something positive with it. Teddy, I'm thinking, too, that a lot of us are working from home. We're having less social Mm -hmm. interaction. We are... um, you know, we're in our homes, and it's really easy to just have that television on all the time. So, but, so we're dealing with, you know, the social unrest, the pandemic, um, isolation, no, um, no socialization with friends and family. I mean, all of this stuff at one time, and the, and the thing we're replacing it with is, is the news. And I have to say, whenever I turn it off and go into silence, it is just such a, a breath of fresh air. Or go to something like music on the radio or something like that, like Dulcie mm-hmm. was mentioning, which is a wonderful option. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else is, is there something positive to tap into? I like what sure, you were saying, sure. Teddy, about um, moving from powerlessness to an empowered action. So it sounds like mm-hmm. you're working with your clients on what can they actually do? And then that seems to be a bit of an antidote. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it certainly helps on, on many, many levels. Um, for example, when, this, when the pandemic first started to hit and we started going into quarantine, the first thing that, one of the first things that I learned about was that in a lot of the animal shelters, volunteers weren't going to be allowed into the shelters. And so uh-huh. they were just going to have to euthanize the animals because oh. no one was going to be able to feed them. <sighs> So the foster organizations in my community went into overdrive trying to find foster homes for all of these animals that needed somewhere to be during the quarantine. Um, so I reached out to a lot of people that I knew in the community and said, I'm taking two. What can you do? What, you know, what, what can you actually do? If you don't have the space to take in a, a shelter animal, then are you able to reach out to someone that you know lives alone or an elderly person who should not be going to the grocery store? Um, what can you actually do in your community or broader if you have, have the means to go even broader? But the, uh, what a lot of people are doing is they're sitting alone in their isolated space, which is not what we're designed to do anyway. We are social creatures. So the fact that we have an imposed isolation is enough to trigger a lot of people, and as introverted as some people might be, it can be a real trigger to feel like there's no one available. Nobody is. Nobody knows if I'm okay. I don't know if the people I care about are okay. So we're already in that heightened state. So actively, what can I do? Can I take this opportunity to make an improvement on my home? Can I take this opportunity to learn how to garden? Can I take this opportunity to be kind to one of the neighbors that I haven't even met before. What can I do mm-hmm. to mitigate this feeling of isolation, solitude, um, and fear? Uh, a lot of what happens on, on the news and in the social media is fear-provoking. Mm-hmm. And we're watching the results of it with uh, a lot of the conflict. People who haven't had conflict before in the family or in their communities are having a lot of conflict now over this one little issue 
that wasn't a big deal a year ago. Mm-hmm. Right. So, there, so are, yeah. there are ways. There are ways to be more proactive and and positive in the certain in, in this circumstance. And it sounds very Virgo too, you know, to be of service and to be in, in, with the animal shelter. You know, having finding homes mm-hmm. for the animals. It's very Virgo like yeah. to actually work where you can. You know, bloom where you're planted, sort of thing. So, so what mm-hmm. what sort of techniques or what's your therapeutic thrust, as it were, with someone? Someone comes in, or you're seeing someone on Zoom, for example, and they're all mm-hmm. flustered and they they're feeling unsafe, even though it's a matter of insecurity. Um, you help them define what they can do. So, what else mm-hmm. are you noticing in that process? Um. What tools? What are the things that I'm, I'm yes. suggesting for people who are going through that? Yes. Um, well, as simple as it sounds, um, if you think about any any other mammal who's going through a fight, flight, freeze, a feeling of being unsafe, the first thing that they're going to do when they are afraid that they are about to be pounced upon by a predator or something frightening is they're going to breathe in really hard <gasps> like mm. that. And they're going to hold their breath. And I don't know if the reason is they don't want the scent of their breath to give a clue to the predator to where they are, or if it's they don't want the sound to be out there. But we, you take a deep inhale, and you don't exhale until you feel safe. <sighs> a sigh of relief, if you will. So first and foremost is notice your inhalation, but especially notice three comfortable exhales, not exhaling as hard as you can, because that's stressful too. Nothing is nothing as extreme as you can. But just three slow, steady exhales sends an immediate signal to your central nervous system that it, it goes back to the mammalian brain, um, that you must be safe because you're able to exhale. As long as you can exhale slowly, you must be safe enough that you can engage that thinking part of your brain. Again, that, that prefrontal cortex, the front part of your brain, the most recently evolved, which is where we do our, our thinking, our logic, our processing, our creativity, our humor, um, our resourcefulness, those things that we have developed by simple fact of being human, using that part of our brain, which is now able to be accessed because your limbic brain, the reptilian brain, the fight, flight, freeze part, has been calmed down and assuaged by these exhales. And then what I will generally suggest is let yourself notice that you have everything that you need right now. Maybe not everything you want, maybe not everything you prefer, but do you have access to clean enough water? Do you have access to fresh enough air? Do you have access to healthy enough food? Do you have a safe enough place to rest? Do you have the ability to move your body enough that if you needed to move, you could? And if you have these five things, you're okay right now. You're not unsafe right now. So getting these things in mind, okay, can I exhale? (sighs) Yeah, yeah, I can exhale. Okay, good. Check check one. Um, (laughs) Do I have food? Do I have water? Do I have air? Do I have shelter? Do I have mobility? Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, (sighs) good. Now I can engage the part of my brain that's going to be doing the problem solving. What problem can I actually work through and find solutions to right now? What can I actually do? 
Um, for some people, that is a little too much of a leap right away. That's a little too hard for some people right away. Mm-hmm. So instead, I'll take them to allow yourself to be aware within the next 60 seconds of three things in your immediate environment that you like exactly how it is. Like there's a painting on my wall right now of Venice, and I love the shade mm-hmm. of blue of the water. Mm-hmm. I love that. that oh, exhale. I love that shade of blue. That makes me happy. Mm. And I really like that the ceiling isn't caving in right now. (laughs) I really like that that's the situation. And if I needed to get up and walk into the other room and and get water, I can can do that. Both of my feet are working just fine. So there's three things I can be happy for right now. And that takes you to a different part of your brain where you can notice that you can be okay right now. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. It and sounds now like, it's yeah. Tricky. Sorry, say that again. And now is what? I said, I said now is the key. Mm. Being, being able to be aware of right now is the key. Because some people theorize, and I'm, I'm not convinced that it isn't accurate, that um, anxiety is the emotion that comes up when you can't predict the future, when you don't know what's going to happen in the future. And depression is when you can't modify the past. You can't do anything about it now. So I'm not sure if it's as cut and dry as that, but being in the present moment where you're able to exhale, you have everything that you actually need to the point that you can notice three things right now that are really nice. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Takes your brain to a whole different way of processing, and you're more likely to be able to do the problem solving that you want to be doing. For example, like Ramona, what are three things right now in your immediate environment that you can be happy about or content with exactly as it is. I can tell you that. Uh, this morning, having right. the cooler weather and going out for this a beautiful mm. walk at the park and the, and the clear skies, I'm so thankful that we have firefighters who have pretty much controlled the fire at Pine Gulch, and I am thankful that I have a beautiful place to live. I am thankful yeah. that I had time this morning to work in my journal. Hey, that's about seven. <laughs> you want me to shut <laughs> no. up? They're all one. They're all gratitude. Every one of those was gratitude. Isn't but, that great? But also, we, we've Thank talked so about what, what we can do. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you. Well, guys, I'm going to just say that we at Cosmic Voices are thankful and grateful because support for Cosmic Voices comes from the staff at Main Street Minerals and Beads at 524 Main Street. Main Street Minerals and Beads is your source for beads, rocks, findings, and jewelry in Grand Junction. More information at 241-4116. Thank you so much, Main Street Minerals and Beads. And you're listening to KFM Community Radio 88.1 in Grand Junction, Colorado. This is Cosmic Voices with Ramona Ray and Dulcie. And our guest today is Teddy Rockland. Teddy is a profound healer. She works mostly at the level of the unconscious. And um, as you can hear, she knows how to get to the root of the problem. So, Teddy, you've been evoking gratitude. You've been settling us down, focused on the exhale. I feel better already. Me too. (laughs) Thanks, guys. I love that this is being sponsored by the Rock Shop downtown. That is the greatest store. What a wonderful thing. Yes, we love them. You know, you've mentioned also the idea of of finding a place to serve, like you'd mentioned about fostering animals. But the other thing with that, too, is if if you have the ability, I mean, if somebody's feeling alone and they adopt an animal, I mean, right there they have love that they've brought into their life that is going to um, 
support them and nurture them and and give them someone to connect with. So that's another option of uh, dealing with the isolation. Sure, sure. And having the self-awareness to recognize, for a lot of people, they tend to fit into one of four categories. There are some people who um, they really want to be wanted. It's really important to them that they feel wanted. Other people need to feel wanted. Some people want to feel needed, Mm -hmm. and some people need to be needed. All of these are triggered by isolation. Yeah, Ramona's Um, wrinkling her beautiful brow. She's trying to think, do I need to be needed? Do I want to be wanted? So so are you talking about a level of of social interaction, which could be a little bit, we're kind of face-to-face with our codependencies? I think that's a a major thing for a lot of people. And what's really interesting, I I recently started this um, podcast, and one of the shows that we did was about um, anxiety and isolation. Mm -hmm. So I did some interviews with people to find out, like, how is this idea of isolation affecting you? How How are you experiencing this feeling of isolation? And I was stunned to find most of the people who responded to me weren't talking about isolation of being alone, being the main stressor. The, the main stressor that I heard was more of a, I'm isolated with these same people all of the time, and I love them, and they're driving me nuts. I have to, <laughs> the one woman in particular has uh, four, four children, three stepkids who've only been her stepkids for maybe a month or two before the quarantine hit. Uh-oh. So she now is, yeah, she's now a teacher at all these different levels with some of the kids having special needs. Um, her husband is out of the house, essential worker, and she still has to work full time and also be responsible for being the primary teacher for four kids at four different levels. That was, wow. <laughs> talk about anxiety and isolation. I feel very alone with all of this. So sure. I thought it was really interesting that uh, the, some people surely are being triggered by being alone more than they want to or having less social interaction than they want to. But even more, for some people, it's the not having access to their regular coping mechanisms. They would mm-hmm. go to church, mm-hmm. and that's where they would be able to be with their, their church family, or they would go dancing, and they'd see the same people every week, or whatever, whatever the things were that they would use for coping mechanisms. People are having to stretch beyond their comfort zone at a time when they didn't necessarily want to be doing that. So, right, uh, yeah, stretching having, having me out. tools is helpful. Mm-hmm. Stretching beyond the comfort zone, that really, I think that pretty much sums up what's happening. And I find for myself that if I can't get that, um, you know, this, the socialization or if loneliness kicks in, that my, I have to turn to my spirit self, to my, to my soul practices, more meditation, um, more meditation. <laughs> more meditation. <laughs> You know, yeah. um, and to sort of develop that that part of my of myself is that. What's your take on the on sort of soul growth as a therapeutic tool? Um, oh, I would love to bounce this question back to you. You know, I'm going to in just a second, but just to be a polite guest, I'll I'll answer the best that Great. I can. Well, yes, of course, of course, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing to to be able to access. My question back to you is. For those people who don't know how to access their spirit self, or if this isn't something that's normal for them, or heaven forbid they think that they don't know how to meditate, I can't meditate, mm-hmm. um, how, how do you talk to your, your clients and, and friends and acquaintances about getting in touch with their spirit self? 
Well, I love what you were saying earlier about being present because, you know, the power is in the present. And just that observation of what's around us, like Ramona's beautiful morning walk, spirit is in that moment. You know, that, that the color of that water in that painting of Venice. Mm. That's That staying very present and being... Um, to me, that's the first place to start. And meditation is not easy. And of course, it can also be called a spiritual bypass. In other words, to avoid the, the deep pain of the moment, that to enter into meditation is to, to bypass the emotional crisis. So of course, that's something to be alert to. But I think what it ultimately comes down to is that profound trust and faith that, you know, You've been through worse, and you got through it. And um, the reminder that we are powerful creators. I just go out and I look at a flower blooming. You know, that flower was a little seed, and then it was Mm -hmm. a little stem, and then it was a bud. But in order to become the flower, it had to let go of that bud. Ah, what's going to happen to that bud? Mm -hmm. It's gone, but it's turning into a beautiful flower. So it's that process. and. One of the things that I think was really helpful to me, a dear friend read me this quote about the present moment, is that the present moment is not static. The present moment is full of change. If I wanted to sit here at the radio station and look at the light shining off that roof here, it's only going to be like that for maybe an hour or two out of this day. I could sit here and want to see that, but the light will change. The tide will come, go out. You know, the sun will set, the birds will go to their nest, things will change. So to be in the present moment involves change, and spirit is in the present moment. So that was a long answer, so I hope that that answered it. I think so. I think it, I think it certainly did, that, that being present, that in the moment awareness and kind of touching back to what I was saying earlier about what can you be aware of right now? What's here right now for you to be paying attention to? And I love that you use the word confidence again, as, uh, as you and I had previously discussed. It's a, a, I believe it's a Latin word, con, with, fidence, faith, confidence, with faith, with faith. How can I proceed with confidence? How can I proceed with faith? And, and yeah. whatever your faith is, um, and to remember yeah, that you're really valuable reminder. And to remember that you're writing your own story. So when you mm-hmm. you have you can choose what your thoughts are. It's like you can look for the blessings, you can look for the things that are working in your life, you can look for the things you can be I I have spent a lot of time in the last few months thinking about okay, this is I'm in my house. I don't have to I mean all of these things have changed how can I make this time work for me? I mean, what, what is the gift of this present time? And, and of course, I go to that point. You know, these five minutes, I'm celebrating the beauty of where I'm at. And then five minutes later, I'm going, oh, my God, but what if, what if this and what if this and what if this? But when you catch yourself going to that place of writing that negative story, you can stop and breathe, as Teddy's telling us. Breathe, let, let the breath out. <laughs> And start rewriting your story. Some days I almost feel guilty. I know that there's people out there who are suffering with not enough money to pay rent. And, and 
people are dying. I mean, all of that stuff is happening. And the fact that I can be so grateful for the, the lessons I'm learning right now, um, you know, I almost feel guilty, but maybe not. And I have been hearing that from quite a few people, that they feel guilty that it isn't worse for them. Um, because they, they have <laughs> to for other people, so we should all be. You know, it's the human condition right now. I always <laughs> say, go to the other G. The, what is the other G? Well, guilty is the one G. The other G is gratitude. Oh, so if you if you have all these blessings, mm-hmm. to be have gratitude for them, gratefulness, mm-hmm. and then you can put that into the matrix. Yeah. yeah. And if you feel bad because you have so much, what do you have to give? Do you have more time yes. than you used to have? Mm-hmm. Do you have more resources than you used to have? Do you, what do you have that someone else doesn't that you feel guilty for your surplus? And what of that surplus do you have to share? Beautiful. Um, recently, mm-hmm. I was talking with a friend of mine who just started a business right before all of this hit, mm. and it's been thriving right now. People are trapped in their homes, and they want help with in their homes, and she helps people with, you know, fixing up their homes. So she's very, very busy, and she was feeling very guilty um, because why should I be so lucky? Why should I be so fortunate? Why should I be thriving now and other people are losing their jobs? And I said, how many people have you been able to employ because you have more work than you need? So she started listing off how many people she had and what their situations were, and I said, so not only are you giving people jobs who wouldn't otherwise have jobs, even more so, you're giving them confidence and self-respect and self-esteem, and you're helping them feel like their world is not as upside down as it would have been if you weren't able to give them because you have more. Mm-hmm. There's a huge advantage to being in a place of, of advantage right yeah. now. I'm not sure if I said advantage to being in a place of advantage. How silly. Um, no, but, that but, makes a lot of sense. There's a, there's a positive way to look at just about everything. What good can you do with mm-hmm. what you have and if you don't have anything, maybe it's time to learn to receive, mm, mm-hmm. which is hard, really, really hard. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right. So it sounds mm-hmm. like that we have a prevailing thought form, a, a mental form um, that is limiting and diminishing because, oh, I have too much or I got to, you know, and so opening to receive so that's a big thing to work with with people to, you know, Nelson Mandela said it, or I can't remember if it was him or um, Marion Williamson who said that we should be defined mm-hmm. by our light rather than, you know, we don't serve anybody when we're small. So how do you work right. with a person? Is it the thought? Is it that prefrontal lobe that you were talking about? Where, Or is it, is it the thinking? Is it the behaviors? Is it the, the paradigm shift? What is it that takes a person from going, oh, my gosh, you know, um, I feel so bad about this. How do we move to that advantage state? What, what takes mm-hmm. us there? Uh, I think for some people it requires a level of creativity that they're not used to accessing. Mm-hmm. Um, because what can be very helpful is to shift, change your mind, to shift your, your mind, to shift your thought process. What good could possibly come of this? What good could possibly come of this? Um, These terrible fires that are happening out in wilderness, heartbreaking, absolutely awful. And it is, unless it's man-made or or human-created, it's 
the natural way of things, and it allows the soil to be richer and allows things to grow even healthier. So that might not be a great example right about no, now. No, I think that's a great example, I think, because it's very relative. Possibly, yeah. How can we possibly, possibly find good in this? Mm-hmm. Um, for myself, when, this, when we very first had to go inward and I thought, okay, well, this is going to be temporary, and so... I started letting myself eat some things that I wouldn't normally let myself have. You know, I'm just going to be cooped up inside. So I'm just going to go ahead and have some popcorn, or maybe I'm going to have some bread, or maybe French I'm going to oh, I'll just, I'll just <laughs> bake a little something, which I don't do, but I certainly did for the first month or two. And then I realized, oh, this is going to be going on for a while. So <laughs> what could possibly come of this? I could come out the other side less healthy or. I could take advantage of the fact that I'm allowed to go outside and I can go for hikes and get some exercise in beautiful Colorado. And how healthy can I be? Mm-hmm. Next time I'm allowed to go out into the world and just engage in whatever way I want to, I miss going dancing. Mm-hmm. So I'd like yes. to have more energy and more endurance. So I want to be doing a little more cardio. So when I come out the other side of, of this experience that we're all having globally, how can it possibly be better mm-hmm. than it was? Um, for, for some people, I think what was really interesting, um, they're going to be cooped up in the house with their kids, and the kids aren't going to be able to go to school. And how many of these people had been saying for years, I wish I could spend more time with my kids, but <laughs> I, have to, I wish I could. What good could possibly come? Be of, careful of what this? you wish you for. Yeah, well, Yeah. <laughs> No, I think, you know, Teddy, what you're saying is very in line with um, the way I've been reading the planets, that there's this, this is the time for that, you know, to get ourselves equipped um, in the interior mm-hmm. landscape, um, but, you know, in whatever form, getting stronger and so on. Um, mm-hmm. So generally speaking, you know, we. Uh, by the way, guys, you're listening to KFM 88.1 in Grand Junction, and this is Cosmic Voices, and our special guest today is Teddy Rockland. She is a, a journeyer and a guide um, in the un- to the unconscious. She's a very skillful hypnotherapist. Um, Teddy, so we've, we've talked quite a bit about how people are just, um, they're anxious because their thoughts are mostly in the future, and um, they're they're feeling unsafe when really it's just a, 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 an insecurity. They're watching too much news um, under the guise of being informed, but they're 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 pigging out on it and it's hurting them. And you've talked about powerlessness and being empowered. What can you do? You've also talked about, um, you know, we've talked about turning guilt to gratitude and then saying, well. What do you have that you can share? Beautiful, beautiful things to talk about. What do you think is the un- what? What else have you noticed with people um, that you know has been? I don't know if it's been troubling to you or it's been something that maybe be a bit challenging as a psychotherapist. What have you noticed? Something I've noticed that's been troubling? Yeah, that you find has been a bit um, challenging, and there may be any innovations or insights that have come to you personally as a mm-hmm. healer? Yeah. Um, I think if I was going to uh, answer that, I would say the most troubling thing that I'm seeing really does seem to be this insistence on 
being exposed to as much negativity and fear-based propaganda as possible. Wow. And there certainly is no shortage of it. There certainly is no shortage. And you would know better than I what's happening astrologically at this time that's causing so much. The, the standard joke is, oh, great, now it's September, so what's going to happen? A, a meteor? Like every month there's another, what, are you kidding me, mm-hmm. going on. Um, but the people seem, many people seem unwilling to take the necessary self-care breaks. Um, that might help them be better equipped for themselves and their families and their communities and their friends. Um, But the people who are willing to kind of step back and say, right, enough of the fear, it's time for me to rise above. It's time for me to step up and, and do something. When people are actually looking at what can they do and they're doing it, I think we're finding that that's where the the new leaders are. Um, Mm, Beautiful. There's there's some really wonderful young people that I've been working with recently who are feeling like, and I'm I'm sorry that they feel this way, but they feel like the older generations either really messed it up or they're (laughs) not even trying to fix it. They're sitting around complaining and they're not doing anything about it and somebody's got to do something. So personally and professionally, I'm seeing some really impressive um, leadership stepping up um, and some very creative ways of thinking about things. Some people really engaging their, their educations or directing their educations. I've, I've met three people this week, three young people, two in high school and one in college, who were passionately, excitedly talking about taking their career direction in the, uh, in the environmental um, What's the word that I'm looking for? I'm blanking out right now. Track. Uh, it mm-hmm. wasn't so much act. It wasn't so, kind of activism, mm-hmm. but even more so. Rather than being out on the streets with their their signs and their pickets and yelling, which you know, sure, bring attention to it. That's great, but they actually want to get involved at the level of change. Because mm-hmm. enough people complaining, enough of people complaining, enough of people complaining. It needs to change. So while I see a lot of people stuck in the, stuck in the fear or determined to be stuck in the fear. Some people are recognizing that that is an absolute waste and this is going on far too long. So they want to be part of the positive change. Yeah, beautiful. Things Mm -hmm. change. It's going to go one way or the other. And Mm -hmm. if you do nothing, the people who are willing to do it, it's going to go their way. So if you you see yourself as a a positive or enlightened or conscious or motivated or even well-intentioned person, do something something that takes it the right direction you want to go because with change it's going to go one way or the other and what do you want it to look like Mm -hmm. physically emotionally psychologically uh culturally um relationally financially what do you want this to look like and what steps can you take right now what direction can you point your toes in Mm -hmm. so that when you get moving again you're already facing the right direction with a plan Mm. That it feels so empowering, doesn't it, Ramona? Yes. I'm I'm thinking that the shadow has always been there. And and yes, it's kind of been underneath the rock. And I think it's um, now it's in our face. But at the same yeah. I mean, but that's part of the process of seeing it, seeing what that what the shadow looks like, what the what the darker um forces in the in the world look like and 
as as it comes into our face, we we have the opportunity to make those choices of, you know, what we want to choose, how we can make a difference, what we can do to move forward. And as Teddy says, pointing our feet in the right direction. So when we start moving again, we're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not wasted time. Yes, this is this is Correct. a time for for getting clear, getting mm-hmm. clarity. And as you were saying, Delcy, with this. Um, upcoming period over the next month. It's a real time for going inward. Was that was that with the Virgo or was that with the that's Mars Mars Mars, Mars uh, retrograde in Aries. Mars okay. being an outward force yeah. in Aries, the identity, and then turning in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a good time for for redefining oneself, for empowering yes. oneself, and redefining oneself. Definitely. You know what do I mm-hmm. want? You know, and it's just. You know, who am I? These are old questions, um, and ultimately we know that we're, we're bigger than ourselves. And that quote that you gave, um, I forget, who was it? Christine Northrup. You said you Christine can't... Christine Northrup. Yeah, you can't change that. You know, you can only work with your community, which is about 150 people. Otherwise, our nervous mm-hmm. systems can't take on much more. And, and the, your point that you make about radical self-care... You know, taking those moments for self-care. And what a strain mm-hmm. and a stress it is for some people because for the first time in their lives, they have to stop feeling sorry for somebody else out there or blaming somebody else or, oh, mm-hmm. that poor thing. Oh, he's got such an anger issue. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, you know, look how much he eats. <laughs> All that junk. You know, you can come out of quarantine either ch- chunky or drunky. And for some people, mm-hmm. it's both. But it, we, and when we stop sort of, <laughs> what I'm hearing from you, Teddy, kind of indirectly, is when we stop pointing fingers, we and we can tend to, oh, gosh, I feel, poor me, you know, I, I don't want to be a wet blanket, but I do need to take care of myself right now. That's what I'm hearing mm-hmm. you say. Yeah, yeah. There's two things that are just absolutely self-destructive, self-pity and self, um, self-doubt. So being able to have a look at yourself and where, where, where am I engaging in self-pity here? Is this really a pitiable thing? Because um, sometimes, yeah, but not everything, not everything. And the self-doubt, and who am I? A lot of, oh, I'm not worthy. Who do I think I am? I think I'm going to be a leader. I think I'm going to make some change. Well, if the only person you're leading is you, mm. but you're leading yourself in a healthier, kinder, more compassionate direction, then that's great leadership. Right, right. Your point about leadership is is well taken, and the sense of, mm-hmm. um, as Ramon has said a number of times here, consciously choosing, creating that positive mm-hmm. alternative. And you've given us very, very practical tips here: the breath, um, the what's in the immediate environment. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And noticing that in this moment, you probably have everything you need. If, if your listeners are sitting there and they're able to take an hour and tune in and get this nourishing conversation for themselves, they probably have access to food and water and a safe place to sit down and the ability to move their body and the ability to get healthy enough food. So you everything that you need to thrive in this moment and probably in this one too and most likely in this one too. If you've got enough for these three moments in a row, you're probably doing okay enough that you can make some good choices. We're so blessed to live in this area. Mm. 
the beautiful environment. Yeah. Well, we're so blessed to live. <laughs> yes, right. that too. Yeah, yeah. So, Teddy, we have just a few minutes left, and you've you've been very generous with your thoughts and your um, your your therapeutic mindset. Anything that you'd like to leave our our listeners with? Mm. Um, and maybe well, Ramona, you can think of something. Too. <laughs> just, a, just a, a momentary preachy thing. If if you can let yourself be aware at any given time, you have a choice, and the choice is: Do I choose to be fear based or do I choose to be kindness based? Choose kindness based because the fear isn't helping anybody in any way at all, and the kindness does. It's good for everybody. A kindness performed, we check this neurologically, um, when someone sees or experiences a kindness happening, the exact same parts of the brain are affected by the person who does the kindness, the person who receives the kindness, and every witness to the kindness Mm. all have the same neurological response happening in their brains. So be nice out there and let people see you do it. Wow, right. Who how interesting. So they wired mm. brains and they and they showed that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Even even the witnesses, even if the person who's giving and the person receiving the kindness have no idea that anyone saw this happen, the witness to a kindness will have the same neurological response. So you're doing more good than you realize with any good that you're doing. And what a wonderful, generous thing to do to be out there making people feel happy and and you know, I mm-hmm. oh, I have a friend who always calls when she calls. She says, "Hi, beautiful." You know, I could be looking pretty oh. bad in the moment, but when she says that, I'm like, "Oh, oh. <laughs> thank you, sweetie." Oh. <laughs> so just something like that. Your beautiful, beautiful thoughts. Thank you, Teddy. How about you, Ramona? I love what Teddy's saying, and I totally. I mean, I just love that the idea of doing something nice for someone and and having the the positive effects benefit the person who's receiving the person who's giving and the person who's witnessing all of that is wonderful i think it is just to remember i just it we can choose we can choose if we're feeling depressed or down or challenged or anxious we can choose to look for what's working in our lives we can choose to be happy right and i want to bring that to kind of a conclusion with the reminder that Viktor Frankl went through the concentration camps. He was a psychologist and he, um, he did exactly what, what you guys have just been saying, you know, the choice in the inner world. That's a powerful book yes, it to is. read man's mm-hmm. search for meaning. I completely recommend it. And as we've been talking about today, this is not a waste of time. This is the time to get in there and buff up the interior world and to to be co-creators. Teddy, how can people find you? Um, well, I have a website that's under construction right now. It's getting revamped, but it's uh, either changeyourmindhypnotherapy.com or teddy, T-E-D-D-I, rocklin, R-A-C-H-L-I-N.com. Um, I have a podcast uh, www.higherstateofbeing.com and uh, yeah I really recommend those podcasts mm-hmm. really really recommend those podcasts the higheststateofbeing.com is that right? 
That's right. And what was your phone number, please? If anybody needs to reach me, uh, it is 805-618-8090. You've been listening to Cosmic Voices with Ramona Ray and Dulcie, a monthly show dedicated to conscious conversation. We're on the first Tuesday of every month at noon, and Dulcie Bellboy's astrology reports and information about her upcoming workshops and classes can be viewed at astrologybydulcie.com. Thanks for listening, and may the power be with you. With you also, Teddy. Thank you so much, and keep up the good work in the world. Thank you, Teddy. Mm, Thanks, ladies. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.